0: center and coming in as Bloom Bill and I that and
1: and over at that flame bench there's all kinds of excitement going on there. Scores! Roll the highlight reel. Six to nothing flame.
2: Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson on
0: Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, we are underway this hour. It is Wednesday, November 22nd with Wes Gilbertson of Postmedia. My name is Pat Steinberg. Welcome to the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. This Christmas, give the gift of security with smart locks and safes. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Hi, Wes. Hey, buddy. Have you, uh, Have you? I know you have, but have you looked at Calgary's upcoming schedule after this uh, game against the Nashville Predators? Oh, boy. It is a, um, I dare say, it is a gauntlet.
2: Yeah, it in is order, a doozy.
0: In order, the next 13 games. I probably... I'm being a little disrespectful to the Anaheim Ducks, but that's where I'm stopping it. On December 21st against Anaheim is where I'm stopping this list. They go in order. Dallas, Colorado, Vegas, Dallas, Vancouver, Minnesota, Carolina, New Jersey, Colorado, Vegas, Minnesota, Tampa, and Florida. So take those two Minnesotas out, and the Wild are still a competitive team, but you take those two Wild games out, one at home and one on the road. Those are all teams that are near the top of, of their divisions or teams that people point to and say, Oh, watch out for those groups. Right. They're going to be very difficult to play this year. They're going to be uh Stanley cup contenders. The devils are underachieving, but we know how much um, we, we know what they're capable of. Florida's rolling. Tampa's rolling. Vegas twice. They're the cup champs, Colorado twice. They're the cup champs the year before. Like, have fun. That is a uh, that's going to be a rough, that's that's a rough stretch. It's going to be a telling stretch. Maybe it'll end up being a positive stretch though, and that's what I'm curious to see. Uh, I'm curious to see if the Flames can make it into more of a positive stretch than a negative. What what would
2: make it a positive stretch for you?
0: Um, more often than not, them being on the same like being on par with those teams. Yeah, and and yeah, sometimes you. You can play really well against the Vegas Golden Knights you still lose, right? Same with Colorado or Dallas, and they played really well against Dallas last time and lost right. in regulation. But show that you're on par with them, show that you're in the same league as them and and that we're not coming away from most of those games saying, "Oh you know, it's kind of it was kind of boys against men. We know which team's the cup contender there regardless of the result." Like you want to see them, you want to come away and and be in late December and be like, "Yeah, you know what? Flames look pretty good in that really difficult stretch.
2: Yeah, you'd love to have a bug in the uh, the management booth at the Dome for those games, wouldn't you? And, and I know, and we talked about it on, on Flames Talk yesterday, that the the big picture plan can't hinge on what happens fully in the next month. It it just can't, but it's going to be very enlightening for Craig Conroy and his cohorts what this team looks like against what we consider to be several of the NHL's top squads.
0: So that uh, starts, I feel like, again, we're disrespecting Nashville, um, but the Preds are a below 500 team, so maybe we won't put them in the same mix. But yeah, it starts Friday in Dallas and a tough back-to-back Dallas and then into Colorado.
2: Well, and this is the... The reality for a middle of the road team like the Flames is you don't have a ton of games that you look at and say, oh, well, that that should be a for sure win. That should be a for sure win like Nashville. And you said the same about the Minnesota Wild. You're not you're not counting those as free spaces on the bingo card. It's just you want to see how this team stacks up against the squads that we think are a significant step ahead of them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The teams that you
0: point to no say,
2: disrespect to Nashville. It's they're the, just... They're the same as the Flames. Like, you could kind of flip a coin between those 100%. two.
0: 100%. They're very much in the same category right now, trying to find their way and right. trying to get their season on some sort of even footing. It's going to be a, a very telling stretch after this game against the, um, against the Predators. And again, I don't necessarily think that uh, it is... Um, I don't think it's necessarily, like... Obviously, the predators are going to be a tough test too. That's a tough place to play, but yeah and if if they go five hundred over that thirteen game stretch, they go six, six, and one, you'd have to take it. depends how they play, but sure. yeah, I think you'd probably take that, yeah, uh, this says gauntlet for sure, positive angle though, do you think that the um I don't know what the heck is that's trying to say um do you think that the Romanesque may be able to sneak up on some of these teams because of their slow start? I'm not quite sure what that text means. There's definitely... Oh! Do you want to pop that into Google Translate? Let's try this. Oh. <laughs> it autocorrected Flames to Romanesque. Happens. That all happens. the time. That, that happens one's,
2: in my stories all the time. That one is yeah, always happening a, to Yeah, me. that's a no-brainer.
0: WTF.
2: <laughs> I mean, Flames is a word for starters, so...
0: What were you typing? Romanesque. Uh, Gauntlet for sure. Positive angle, though. Do you think the Flames may be able to sneak up on some of these teams because of their slow start? This is the
2: magic of live radio.
0: Yeah. No kidding. Um, I do think that there is that potential. Yeah. But if they keep on playing the way they're playing, maybe a little bit less so. They should be getting a little more respect. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about a guy who's been really good for the Romanesque so far. <laughs> the Romanesque, and like not even the same amount of letters <laughs> spelled R-O-M-A-N-E-S-Q-U-E. A S Q U E. I don't want to be calling anyone
2: out, but sometimes you claim, sometimes you claim autocorrect and it's a little hard to buy. Yeah, like this you one's were difficult. If that auto corrected to Romanesque, <laughs> you were not even close.
0: How many times are you spelling Romanesque? <laughs> like what is that? Just one of your. Words that you're using a lot. <laughs> Anywho, yes, that player we're talking about, it's been a really nice start to the season for Blake Coleman. He's been one of the good stories to start the year for the Flames. Tied for the team leading goals. He's got five. Him and Andrew Mangiapane each have five goals to lead the way for the Flames right now. He's currently on pace for 22, 23 goals on the season. He's already a two-time 20-goal guy going back to his time in New Jersey. But after a year, last year, Blake actually set new career highs and assists and points in a single season, but you, uh, you had a chance to speak with him earlier this week. Yeah. Career highs last year, but feels like he feels like he's at maybe, uh, an even higher level or, or better level this year than he has been since joining the
2: flames. Yeah. He, in fact, he told me that he thinks this is the best hockey he's, he's played in Calgary and we're going to hear from him in a couple minutes, a snippet of, of that interview in which he offers a, an explanation for why that is, but he, he does feel like this is the, the best hockey he's played since signing with the flames. And, and I, I think Ryan Huska said the same thing yep. the other day. Like I got to agree. I, I I've been really impressed with what we've seen out of Blake Coleman.
0: Let's uh, hear from both those names.
2: Let let me, let me jump in here. For yeah, yeah. I want, I want to explain something for sure. So what you're going to hear is I
0: did. I did edit out some of the, um, okay. Not all of them, but so
2: what you're going to hear is a one on one conversation that I had with Blake. And just by way of explaining for someone <laughs> who is focused on writing a print story, <laughs> when I'm having a one on one conversation, there's a lot of. Yeah. Uh huh. OK. Sort of active listening, as you call it, sort of encouraging the person to to keep talking. Yes. Now, you're going to be thinking to yourself, I wish that guy would shut the up. But bear with me. I think there's some really interesting stuff here from Blake.
0: It's actually going to sound less than was maybe in the original clip due to some Steinberg audio editing. Excellent. Uh, this is uh, Blake Coleman chatting with Wes earlier this week on his start to the year and, and how he's feeling right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've been dealing with some, some uh, I don't want to call it an injury, but just some stuff that I had to address in the season and was able to and feel the best physically that i felt in three years. And oh, that's at least, something like, that had lingered a while. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, after those two cup runs, it was just something that I never really had time to sure fully uh, to to really attack it and let it heal. And um, you know, with the long offseason this past summer it gave me a chance to kind of address that. And so yeah, it's still something I manage, but it's uh, it's on the ice. It's the best I've felt physically. And um, I think I'm starting to play the way that I need too. And that does that allow you to feel kind of more engaged then, like, like yeah, at least doing everything you need yeah, to. A little yeah. more physical, a little more. Just strong at the net, yeah. Um, just not shying away from anything. So being on pace for over twenty again it, it is sort of more where you expect to be. Yeah, this is kind of part for the course. Yeah, in my mind, this is where I should be. And yeah, um, and there's not many guys in the league that don't play power play minutes that that can provide that. And I think, right. Um, to me, that's something that I pride myself on being able to do, and I expect to again guy this year. So.
2: That was me talking yeah. with Blake Coleman in the
0: background. Right. I actually... I do it sometimes when I'm doing sure. it not for print. Right. <laughs> I get it.
2: it. It's something that... And later in that conversation, Blake kind of said, I don't want to talk too much about this because I, I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses. But we're talking about a guy who hadn't felt healthy for two years. And, and really... I, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I I hadn't heard him say a ton about it until earlier this week when I had that conversation. I'm trying
0: I'm, to think if I had since since you wrote your piece on Blake, I'm trying to think if I had heard him say that. I feel like he might have alluded to it in training camp, or sure, but nothing nothing like where he went as in detail to right there where he basically said that yeah. I, at no point in his first two seasons as a member of the Flames did he feel a hundred percent.
2: And it was one of those conversations where I I was trying not to badger him about it. It was clear that he didn't want to reveal everything. And yet, as he continued to talk about it, it it was sort of like, whoa, okay. So at one point, he made a comment to me. Well, I I had a I had some procedures this summer, and I stopped him and said multiple like we're talking about multiple surgeries and and he kind of shied away. But then he finally said, yeah, multiple, like this was not a, Hey, I could use a couple weeks at the beach kind of thing. I don't know. As you just heard, I don't know exactly what it was, but the fact that he's feeling as as good as he is, the fact that he's consistently giving the flames, what he is, not just the offense, you know, not just the five goals, but him and Michael Backlund have been really strong defensively. I actually thought, the other night in Seattle was uh, one of their weaker games of the season in the defensive zone. But that Blake Coleman is, has really been a nice story for the Flames this year. A guy who's probably not getting enough credit for what he's done.
0: Uh, here's Ryan Huska, who was asked on Monday, this is ahead of the Seattle game, was asked a little bit about what's been driving Blake and why he's been so effective so far this season
1: this is the best I've seen him play for us in my opinion and I could be wrong on that looking back but he's every night almost except for that Montreal game I would say um, he's been engaged he's playing with pace and he's playing to his identity and when he plays that way he finds himself in chances to score Um, we've talked a lot about the connection that him and Michael have they play really well together but I I think a lot of it for him is he had a a couple long years with long playoff runs. His body was banged up a little bit, and he's had a chance to recover a touch now, and and he's feeling really good about himself, and he's playing the way we need him to play. And you mentioned a couple of times his leadership. Can you give us an example of what that leadership might look or sound like um there's a lot of there's a lot of positivity to him um in the dressing room when things start to slide a little bit you want someone to pick your team up you want a little bit of uh, a jolt of emotion he's been the guy that's been giving it and it's the same on the bench um when you know there's lulls in a game or when teams shifted momentum on you he's usually the one of the guys that's been more vocal about shifting it back um, and i think he follows that up with the way he's played on the ice so it's i've been really happy with him for sure
0: that's uh, ryan huska earlier this week also talking about blake coleman
2: and we've heard him go out of his way a few times to mention the role that blake has had in addition And he always mentions three guys michael backland Chris Tanev and Blake Coleman as guys who have yep. really helped shepherd this team through the slump that they were in. Really, really fascinating that the coach is, is really adamant about making sure that Blake gets some of the credit for that.
0: Well, and you made the point earlier this week too. There have been stretches. We talk a lot about Backlund driving that line, but there's been there've been plenty of games where it's been Blake on the right side who's been driving that line. So that's that's important to point out as well. And I just Hearing that and and hearing his conversation with you doesn't really change anything for me in that I think even his first two seasons when he wasn't 100%, I would have told you prior to this season that Blake Coleman's been exactly as advertised. They brought him in here to add a little secondary offense, to be strong defensively, to be a leader, to be a guy that has been there and done that. And I think he's hit on all those things. He's given them secondary offense. He had 38 points last year, which is the best in his career. He has been rock solid defensively. He has made a perfect tandem, as we mentioned, umpteen thousand times with Michael Backlund. And that dude is a a leader without a letter. And the amount of times that you just even find yourself thinking, Oh, you know what? It's probably a good thing they got Blake Coleman in that room because he's been there done that. He's been through bad, he's been through good. He's won, he's lost. It just he's been exactly as advertised. So now now you put on top of that the fact that he's feeling healthier than he ever has at any point with the flames. You're like, well, that can only be good things because to me, he's only been good. Like he gets check marks across the board for his two plus seasons as a member of the flames.
2: Yeah. He crosses me as one of those guys that you just know what you're getting out of him. In, in fact, Ryan Huska has been asked about Blake a few times lately and has mentioned, well, I didn't think he was great in Montreal. And that sort of got me thinking like, okay, the coach has come up with one game that he didn't really like him in this season. And I did not think, and obviously, you know, credit to the coach. He sees it a lot differently than I do, but I did not notice Blake Coleman being poor in Montreal. So if that's what Blake Coleman's down game looks like, I think that speaks even more to his consistency. Like they just know exactly what they're getting from Blake Coleman. And, You can't have too many guys that you'd put in that conversation.
0: And I would say of the former general manager's UFA signings, being Brad True Living, I would say it would be right in the mix for the best one that he's had. I I thought that Froelich was pretty solid. Uh, Derek Ryan was pretty much as advertised. But I don't know. In terms of just Chris over- Tannehill, was the yep. home
2: run for me. But yeah, Blake Coleman's right up there.
0: It would be Tannehill or Coleman for me at the at the very top of the list.
2: Blake Coleman also uh, another important role. This is this is the sort of news you need from Post Media. Blake Coleman is feeding his team
0: Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow, bringing the boys together. So watching the Cowboys. The backstory would be he is a Dallas. Product, yeah, they will be in Dallas on Thursday for U.S. Thanksgiving. So you might as well have uh, Blake and and the Coleman family host the Flames. That'll that'll be a pretty fun evening, I would imagine. Yeah, or day,
2: I I imagine Blake. Uh, apparently, Blake was born on Thanksgiving. Not it's not his birthday tomorrow, but the day of his birth happened to be yes, U.S. That, Thanksgiving. It's a floating day. Uh, he, he's pretty pumped about it. He's pumped to have the guys over, see his place in in Dallas, enjoy. I think five five Americans on the team right now. Obviously, a, a special day for them, but uh, sounds like a pretty good uh,
0: team bonding experience on tap. Then they got practice at noon central and then over to the Colemans. Yeah, I think you could probably deal with that.
2: Cowboys game kicks off around three.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Should be fun. Not so bad. He's Wes Gilbertson. My name is Pat Steinberg. We are underway this hour on Flames Talk. And whether you're a fan of sports or a fan of great deals, 403 Local is the place to be. Every time the local hockey heroes are on the ice, you've got the game day special. Homer Road at 403 Local. That game day special, it's a doozy. Two beers and a pizza, just 20 bucks. A lot of places, you're not even getting two beers for 20 bucks. So uh, two beers and a pie for 20 bucks every game day. Uh, on Sundays, you got football on all their big screens, 50-cent wings all day Sunday, and happy hour all day Sunday. They also do wings on Wednesdays. How about Monday? Dry ribs, just $5 a pound. They also have daily happy hour from 3 till 6 p.m. Lunch specials, weekdays from 11.30 till 2.30, and 403 local available for private functions. Visit 403 Local in Canyon Meadows and at 403local.com.
2: You're locked on Flames Talk. Only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan
0: all right time to go inside hockey on this wednesday for calgary co-op this hockey season support local find your all-time classics and locally brewed beers visit your local calgary co-op wine spirits beer today it's steinberg and uh, on a wednesday we go inside hockey as per usual with our pacific division insider we say hello to jonathan davis from nhl network and nhl network radio
4: what's going on jd Oh, it's just uh, it's the day before Thanksgiving out here, Pat. And so, uh, you know, lots uh, lot, lots of celebrating, lots of eating and lot, lots of uh, a plethora of sports to take in.
0: Yes. And uh, as we're going to dive in on the Pacific Division, we've got lots to uh, get to there. No games on Thursday for U.S. Thanksgiving. So 14 on Wednesday and 15 on Friday for a very busy sandwich of Thanksgiving Um, and uh, the game of Wednesday night. There's no doubt it's the uh, kale McCarr versus Quinn Hughes showdown for the Canucks and avalanche in Denver. I know you've got your eyes all over that one.
4: Yeah, that should be a lot of fun tonight. Um, You know, just, I mean, so much talent out on the ice between McCarr and as you mentioned, Hughes and McKinnon and Rantanen and Miller and Peaty and, so yes, it, it should be a lot of fun. And I think in, you know, I think in many respects, uh, you know, a good, te- another good test for Vancouver. Um, I think, you know, for me, Pat, I, 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 I'm, I'm still, I'm still not a full believer. And, and I, I, you know, a lot of people are telling me I'm crazy. I just, I look at their schedule and you can only play who's on it. I understand that. Um but you know, I look at the three best teams that they've played and they've got one win against those three teams.
0: Right. So it's kind of a scenario that you're like, geez, you're, you're what you're looking for more quality wins from the Canucks. Hey,
4: well, I am, but I mean, you know, look again, you know, look, you know, they've got, they had the great game against Dallas. Uh, They lost to the Rangers in overtime. Uh, It was a tough loss at home. Uh, I thought they were, you know, and they were totally outplayed by Toronto. After the first period, um, I, I just, I, I need to see more, but you know, again, they're banking points right now and they look really good doing it. And, yep. for, you know, for most of the season, they've had the top three scores in the league. It's a great story. I mean, I, I don't want to be Debbie Downer here on the Canucks and, and, you know, and Vancouver, you know, fans being like, what are you talking about? You're crazy.
0: Well, luckily um, you're on Calgary right. airways. So you don't have to worry about that. as much. I
4: know. <laughs> right. But you know, so I, I, but I still, yeah, I, I'm still reserving judgment before I fully buy in on what's been a such a great start to the season. Um,
0: so that's the, uh, that's the big game of the night. It is uh, Colorado hosting Vancouver. Want to ask you a little bit about this LA Kings team that, hey, for here they are in a third straight year, they are fighting and and very much in the mix and beyond that for a Pacific Division playoff spot. Um, but a little bit different in L.A. this year. You know, the last couple of years when you and I would talk about the Kings, you'd keep asking the question, when is it going to happen for Quinton Byfield? And, and when is Byfield going to find his spot on the NHL roster? When is he going to turn into an impact maker? Well, it seems like that's uh, starting to happen. He's at almost a point-per-game pace to start his season.
4: Yeah, it has, and it's interesting. I had, I had a talk yesterday with a person who works for the Kings, and 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 the call was, when are people going to start saying that our prospect, you know, that we don't hate our prospects anymore? <laughs> you know, I said, I you know, because they were point, you know, the point the person was making to me was that you know we've got Byfield and, and Kalviev is you know on pace for a full season to have a career high in points, and Jordan Spence and Mikey Anderson are, are, are you know are Continuing to blossom on the back end, and my mm. response was is that look, you know, the reason that everybody said you hate your prospects is you keep trading for forwards and you keep bearing you kept bearing your forward prospects, but you know, fi- you know, right now Quinton Byfield is is healthy and he looks something special as a winger. But I said, you know, the other thing was is that we we're all waiting for Quinton Byfield to be a center, and so, you know, I said that kind of went into the narrative. But there's no question what Byfield is doing, playing with Kopitar. And Kempe, uh, he does look like something special. Made a a whale of a a backhanded pass uh, on a goal to set up Kopitar. And Kopitar's reaction, you know, after scoring the goal was like, wow. Uh, So, you know, they are starting to see the fruits of of their labor. And, you know, so right now, you know, you look at it and Rob Blake is, you know, found you know been able to solidify this team with some veterans. And look, I think the the, the goal the goal in Los Angeles for uh, and no one said this to me to say that I am no one's no one said that you know yes you're correct. But my my general feeling, Pat, is that they're trying to win at least one more cup while Kopitar and Dowdy can still be effective players. And right. so they went out and they they added the veterans and they're easing you know the, you know both. Byfield and Cali into the lineup and, and right now it's working and there was never a question on the back end. It was always, Oh my God, it's four, nothing. I know. Carolina. I well, know. I, I know you guys are feeling really bad and there's a lot, there's a too lot of, bad, uh, eh? yeah, a lot of too bad in Calgary. Um, so, but it is, yes, right now what's going on in Los Angeles, uh, it, it, you know, Byfield especially has really looked like something special and, and you know, they don't really have the hard part of their schedule, I think, until the calendar flips. And again, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, I mentioned to you about Vancouver, you know, LA, um, you know, they, they're coming off a win against St. Louis, where they kind of got away with some sloppy play. And then, you know, they beat an Arizona team, God, the second period, Pat, they had two shots on goal. Um, you know, it was, that's just, you know, I can't believe they only had two shots on goal against Arizona, but, You know, again, they're winning. They're winning right now, and they're doing it really well. And the one thing I've said over the years with LA Pat is that if they stick to their system, and it sounds very simplistic, they're a really tough team to
0: beat. And they're uh, and and tell us a little bit more about what they're getting from their goaltending duo right now.
4: Well, I mean, Cam Talbot's been really good. There's no question. And Tom McCall and I, you know, I was talking to him after. God, I think it was after the two one or I think it was the 2-1 Florida game. And, you know, just a lot of high praise for, for Talbot and just how situationally smart he is and reads the play really well. And and you can see it. And and I think, you know, really everything goes back for Talbot to a game against Vegas where they lost in a shootout, but he was really good that night. And he hasn't, he hasn't missed a beat since then. And, you know, they got a good performance from Copley, something that both Copley and the Kings needed very badly. Because if it went south for Copley, you know, against Arizona a couple of nights ago, then I think that would have been his last start uh, as a member of the L.A. Kings. And I think David Riddick would have got the call. Um, but, it, you know, he's earned himself another opportunity. And that opportunity will likely come this weekend, either against, likely against Montreal as the Kings play Anaheim and Montreal back to back.
0: We're chatting with Jonathan Davis. He's our uh, NHL Network Radio Pacific Division insider. Uh, you talk about the Oilers as as we're talking right now. If you're listening to this on podcast, it's late first period in Raleigh, and the Oilers trail the Carolina Hurricanes by a four nothing score. Um, it's uh, and again, now this one's a little bit different than the way that the Tampa game or the Florida game went. But they're they're taking leads, they're losing leads. They can't get a save. They weren't in a playoff spot on November first. They're not going to be in a playoff spot come U.S. Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's uh, and they've got a very difficult schedule ahead of them as well.
4: Yeah, I, it, it, it's it's just it's just shocking. I mean, I, you know, got to be the biggest surprise of, of the season so far to see what you know what has happened in Edmonton. And you know, I, I think it's beyond them just getting a goalie and and having to overpay for a goalie. So, uh, yeah. I don't know what the, the answer is. I mean, every you know, you just you just think with the with especially with 29 and 97 on the ice that there's a, a, you know there's a chance they're going to win every night. But I mean, here they can't even get out of the first period, and maybe that's not a you know may, maybe it makes the pain a little less because what went on in Florida and and Tampa in those back to back games was very you know very discouraging, and and those weren't the first times that happened. And Pat, we talked about I go back early in the year against Winnipeg. When they had that two nothing lead against Winnipeg, and I think they lost three two in overtime, um, and that was a two nothing lead in the first period yep. uh, as well. So, yeah, it, you know, this is where it, you know, if you're if you're Jay Woodcroft, look, you know, you, you want to see these guys do well, but ultimately, what, what it's telling you right now is that you know, this is a matter of roster composition, and, and it wasn't a matter of coaching. And I, I think that you know. I think most, I think many people felt that it wasn't a matter of coaching, that, you know, you just couldn't, couldn't fire 20 guys on the ice. Yeah. The easiest thing that was, you know, to do was to, was to fire the coach. And they got an early bump. Um, but now they're just kind of reverting back to where they were.
0: Yeah. Uh, and it's, um, I, here they are looking for a goaltender. We know that. Not like, um, not like Jack Campbell is, putting up the greatest numbers in the American league. So it's not like, it's not like you can look and say, Oh yeah, well, you know what, Jack, uh, we'll just recall Jack. That'll help us. Cause he's not, doesn't matter what league he's in this year. He's struggling.
4: It's too bad. I mean, you know, again, you know, really, you know, a, a guy by, you know, a really nice guy. And, you know, I, I feel for anybody that, you know, you're like, that, that goes through something like this mentally, what it, what it has to be doing them. You know, the other thing, Pat, and I think, you know, you've heard it, I'm sure, is that a lot of times it's an easier game in the NHL than it is in the AHL, you know, far more structure in the NHL. And so I I haven't watched the games. I mean, I think, you know, we've all seen a couple, at least one of the goals, I think, from his first game that was just, you know, one that somehow he tried to catch and bounced over his glove and into the net. I mean, it it, it wasn't pretty. Um, So... Yeah, I mean, I don't know where the relief is coming for Edmonton.
0: Yeah, me neither. Um, and I know a lot of people in this city are shedding tears over it. Yeah, um I don't know. What's happened in, Anah- in Anaheim? They had one six straight earlier in the year, uh, and now it seems like it's going in another direction. What are we seeing right now with the Anaheim Ducks?
4: Well, the offense has kind of shriveled up. I mean, that's been that's been the big thing. You know, they've they've lost five or seven. They have they have lost 5 of 7 they can not seem to score. Um, and, you know, so that that's, you know, John Gibson has played really well. He'll get the start again tonight against Montreal, but they've just stopped scoring, and, you know, uh, you know, Frank Toronto has been on, you know, you know, he's, he's still got decent Cy Young numbers, 11 and 5, but, you know, it's like five goals in their last seven games that they've scored, and that's just not, uh, you know, and then they've lost five of seven. What, yeah, they've lost five of seven. They've scored two goals or less. In, in six to seven. So, you know, to me, it's pretty hard to win when you can't, when you can't put the puck in that, and that's been pretty much it. And, you know, there's still no Trevor Zegris and and Zegres, you know, uh, is dealing with the lower body injury. And even when, you know, and, and, and maybe that, that leads to why, you know, we only had a goal and an assist in his first 12 games, that he was dealing with something. So, you know, that doesn't help them. Uh, at all but i mean yeah ultimately right now they're having a hard time scoring and uh it's it's never it's never easy when you can't score yeah
0: uh and uh yeah. interesting on the Zegers front to see uh, when he might return to this Anaheim lineup as well. We are uh, chatting with Jonathan Davis. He is our Pacific Division insider. He joins us Wednesdays inside hockey from NHL Network and NHL Network Radio. couple more stops. Let's go to uh, Seattle. Uh, we just saw them lose in overtime to the Flames on Monday, and uh, they've been going to overtime or a shootout in uh rather regular fashion of late.
4: Well, yeah, you know, I I think they're all I think they all get paid extra for, you know, for working overtime. Yeah, (laughs) three of the last four games have been gone to overtime in the shootout. And then the other oddity, you know, Pat was uh, noticed their last four games have ended 4-3. And and that's happened now in 6 of 8 and 7 of 11. Kind of crazy. Um, But, you know, when you look at Seattle and you talk about, you know, what's different from them last year. You know, the one thing we one thing we kept bringing up last year was they were first. In five on five goals last season, they're 21st this year. They're 28th in goals for this year. They were fourth last season. Um, you know, some will su- su- suggest that you know they 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 lost. You know, and the guys that they lost, uh, you know, like like a Daniel Sprong, that they haven't made made up some things in their bottom, you know, yeah. in the bottom of their lineup. And so it's it's you know those guys were, were scoring with with greater frequency, and it's putting more pressure on the guys up top. And it was never a team, you know, where, you know, outside of Jared McCann, where you had a guy that that, that put the puck in the net a lot. Um, so they were always greater than the sum of their parts. And right now the sum of their parts isn't going very well. And, you know, a minus 18 goal differential, you know, kind of tells you a lot. And, uh, you know, group Philip Grubauer is hurt. And Joey Decord has been kind of carrying the load of Layton, And he has not looked very good. I mean, his numbers just have... You know the save percentage just above or just below 900, and uh, you know goals against average isn't bad, but you know that's that's the thing. You know you can't look at goals against average. You got to look at save percentage. And 889 is just not going to win you a lot of hockey games.
0: Yep. Yeah, we saw him come in. He played decent enough against the Flames on Monday, but you're right, sitting with a 901 overall. Yeah, You're going to need more than that, especially if you're a Kraken team where the offense isn't coming the same way that it did before. And they, as you know, JD, like last year, the their scoring and their balanced attack allowed them to make up for still very kind of average to below average goaltending.
4: Yeah. I mean, you know, you had Martin Jones early on last year that looked really good and then, you know, and Grubauer took off and, and carried them through the playoffs and played, you know, looked like the, the reason why Philip Grubauer had once cost the team first round draft pick. And so, yeah, they're just, it's not working anywhere. And, you know, it's, you know, after what they went through last year, you know, you're getting everyone's better shot. I think you got from the season before and, you know, for a team that doesn't really have a game breaker and relied on the sum of their parts, uh, you know, their issues are, you know, we're seeing that. Okay. They're, they're taking a step back and it's taking them a little longer uh, to, to try to regain the form of last year. And it's, you know, uh, it's just not that easy. Yeah. And we're seeing it, we're seeing it big time in Seattle.
0: Um, last stop is the San Jose Sharks. They've actually been playing better over the last six or seven games than prior to that. But as you point out, that's also somewhat of a low bar.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, it's three wins in their last seven. And and easily, like, like Pat, I, I was one of the few that liked to watch Sharks games. But, um, you know, they play Florida when the Panthers are out here on the West Coast trip. And that was the game they ended up losing the Florida five to Florida 5-3 to in a game that they, I think they led 3-2 to two at one point. And it could have, they easily could have won that game. And they just got outgoing. I mean, Anthony Stolar's really well. And then San Jose bounces back the next night and, and beat a St. Louis Blues team quite handily five to one there, there are, you know, they're going to have these nights, but it's a tough watch. It's a, it's a very tough watch, uh, you know, watching those sharks games and, but they are, you know, I, I give them credit, you know, for the fact that they, they, they play hard. There's just not a lot. There's not a lot of skill there. Um, but I think it's a good sign for them that, you know, when they came, they came off a, whatever like every loss is a bad loss for them. But, I, you know, that game against Florida, like, you know, they, they really should have won that game. And then they came out the next night. And, you know, not only did they beat St. Louis, I think at one point the shots were like 10, 11 to 1 in favor of the Sharks. Um, so I, I look at things like that, and it kind of, and, and, it, and it tells me that David Quinn hasn't lost this team. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a, you know, so that's, you know, good on, good on David Quinn. And these guys are competing, but, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of playing shorthanded.
0: The Oilers have scored a goal. Um, if, you're, uh, yes. if you're listening live, it's now 4-1. Uh, if you're listening on podcast, that means less to you, but um, we are.
4: It, it's still 4-1.
0: <laughs> after 20. Yes, Yuck. after 20. Uh, in fairness to Jack Campbell, he did just get a shutout. So maybe oh, it's time. Okay. Maybe it's time to bring them up. Oh, they, yeah. they, they've got to make a move in net. Like,
4: and and at this point, they may already be done. Do they like, really? Do they really? Though? I mean, not not. There's no need to make a move that's going to cost you something significant for a team that's not going. To well, make actually,
0: let play. me let like, me clarify. So this is actually what I think the Oilers should do. I think they should okay. look at their situation, realize they've got a very slim chance of making the playoffs, make a couple of pragmatic moves that'll help them for this off season and for next year, and and you know, kind of, I don't want to say fully punt on this season but maybe take a bigger picture look at more than just season this season and and make a couple of, as I said, pragmatic moves, maybe get yourself some picks that you can parlay into a goaltender that might actually be able to help you closer to the deadline or next off season. I don't think they're going to do that in any way, shape or form, but I almost feel like, Sometimes in Formula One, you'll have teams that give up. They don't quite give up on a season, but they start allocating resources to next year's car and stop bringing developments for the current year's car. And I almost wonder if where the Oilers are, they are a long shot to make the playoffs in most minds. Maybe maybe it is time for them to start focusing on next year's car. And that doesn't mean you, you stop playing this year, but maybe you take a slightly bigger picture view because – Connor and Leon aren't going anywhere for next season, so may- maybe you realize you're in a bad spot this year and try to maximize next year.
4: Yeah, but but maybe you can make a better deal for the you know whoever you're talking about at, at another time than right now. That's my only you know
0: that to I me, agree with. Yes, I don't know if like right this instant is the time to start making deals either.
4: Right, because for me, the guy that I would I would move from is is, is R and H, and I just think that you need to take somebody off that roster that, you know, that, that means something uh, in, in some fashion, and he's been there so you know just because of what he's meant to this organization, that to me would wake up would wake some people up. I just wonder if you can make that a better deal for a player like that at another time.
0: Good stuff, JD. Appreciate the time as always. uh, Excuse me. We'll do it again uh, next week. Thank you, man.
4: All right. Have a wonderful night.
0: You too. Happy Thanksgiving, hey? All right. Thank you. That is Jonathan Davis. He is our Pacific Division Insider. From NHL Network and NHL Network Radio, he joins us inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Let's go local Calgary from best from the West Canadian produce to quality only Alberta meats. Find your local at Calgary Co-op, shop online or in-store today as we start to wrap up this hour of Flames Talk. Thanks to Jonathan Davis. Thanks to Taylor, our producer. And Wes Gilbertson's on Twitter, at Wes Gilbertson. This hour's been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. This Christmas, give the gift of security. With smart locks and safes, visit calgarylockandsafe.com.